Hello and welcome to the Entrepreneur Risk Givers Podcast. The podcast where we interview entrepreneurs who are willing not only to take risks for themselves and their businesses, but who are also willing to risk helping others. Now sit back and listen to entrepreneurs just like you who are giving back to their communities in big ways. Here's your host, Mike Wiest. Hi, this is Mike Wiest, and today with me is Parker Skinner. How you doing, Parker? Doing pretty good. I saw a video of you a couple months ago, and I think I think you were the first person I actually reached out to about being on the podcast. You're not the first person I've talked to, but you're the first person I asked. <laughs> so that makes you special. Anyway, cool. yeah, very cool. So I, I want to just kind of start by letting you introduce yourself to the audience here, anybody who may not already know you, and, uh, and then we're going to jump right into talking about this thing that you're so passionate about, okay? But take just a second to tell us about yourself. Okay, well, my name is Parker Skinner. I am 22 years old, and I'm currently a senior at Harding University, and I'm studying a music education and hoping to teach music in our public school system hopefully this fall. Hopefully the schools open up back up this fall and we can, I can teach some young kids the joys of music. And that's one thing I'm really looking forward to in my life, big milestone. And I also have a lot of hobbies. I play golf and I run is the big thing I'm doing right now. I love doing long distance stuff from 5k all the way up to the marathon. And, and yeah, those are uh, music, golf and running. Those are my three big things. Well, you're able to do some of that. Has the I guess you're the first uh, interview that I've actually recorded during the uh, the COVID crisis, and so are. But I'm sure you're still running, probably at least. Are you? You're able to do that? Yeah, I'm still I'm still running. I actually ran a race on Saturday. It was a virtual race. It was one that's called Russ Vegas, and it's in Russellville, Arkansas. But it went virtual, and so basically how they're doing it is they will. Uh, mail you your race shirt and your packet and your medal and you just run 13.1 miles wherever you are okay just because you can't have right now you can't have a few thousand people just right there together oh absolutely yeah everybody's getting so creative it's amazing just to watch how creative people are getting with all that and so talking about running and of course you're telling us about your background and what you're doing and, and teaching and all that um, again, having to be creative with that in this time as well. But the running specifically, I know, is a part of your passion about this nonprofit that I want to talk to you about today. Now, I know you, you've actually worked and are passionate about a few different nonprofits, but why don't you tell us about the nonprofits that you've been able to help out? Well, the first organization that I fundraised for was St. Jude. And I ran the Nashville Rock and Roll Marathon as what they call a St. Jude Hero. And a St. Jude hero is basically a person you sign up for a half marathon or full marathon where St. Jude has a presence and you basically fundraise for St. Jude. And I did that at the Nashville Rock and Roll Marathon last April. And then I ran as a St. Jude hero again at the St. Jude Memphis Marathon uh, just this past December. And that was really cool because you're actually in the city where St. Jude is based and you actually run past the hospital a couple of times. Actually, in final half mile, you run past the hospital. Yeah. And, you know, the last, everything hurts at that point. You've got 25 miles on your, on your feet, but then you run by it and you see the hospital like, okay, that's why I'm doing this. And it, and it makes it a little more bearable. And Yeah, great motivator there when you really need it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So the St. Jude, uh, so you've done that twice. And have you done other runs as well then? Mm-hmm. 
most recently, I ran the Little Rock Marathon on March the 1st and actually fundraised for Arkansas Children's Hospital for that marathon. And that's actually the hospital where I've had uh, two open heart procedures done. And so that was a very neat uh, full circle thing for me to get back to that hospital because they are the reason I'm out here walking around and doing what I'm doing. And so that was a very neat thing to be able to do. Okay. Yeah. So let's step back and let's kind of dive into that for just a second. And so your passion about running, that's one of the things that you love doing. You said along with golf and a few other things, one of the reasons I guess that you're doing this is because of, of your childhood and, and uh, what you went through there. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your motivation or what got you into running in the first place or into running for these charities? Well, I first really started running when I got into college. I had my second open heart surgery when I was 17, entering my senior year of high school. And I was never allowed to really play contact sports that much. I had to quit baseball and basketball when I was in eighth grade and was never allowed to play football or anything like that, which is why I played golf. And I was actually better at golf than I ever was at baseball or basketball. So that was that's actually pretty nice. I'm pretty thankful for that. Worked out but, in your favor. <laughs> yeah, absolutely did. And I, and I can actually play that the rest of my life. So yeah, that's pretty cool. I was never that athletic. I feel like I, I had athletic tendencies, but I was never really able to harness it because I was under so, so many restrictions. And, and so and, tell, tell us for a second about some of those restrictions, because I know you know, but a lot of people don't. Like what was going on that was keeping you from being able to participate in those sports and do some of those things? You mentioned you've had a couple surgeries, but what was it that was happening exactly? Well, I was born with aortic valve stenosis, which is basically where your aortic valve isn't pumping blood properly. And from what I can understand, it's just your heart just can't keep up with what you're doing. A lot of times and a lot of stress on the heart will cause a lot of problems, which is why I couldn't do a whole lot of high intensity stuff. So that's why I had to, I could never do contact sports. I couldn't weight lift growing up at all until I got to college and then I couldn't couldn't really do much of anything except playing golf is a pretty low intensity sport it has a lot of athletic things that go into it but it's pretty low intensity as far as what you're actually doing while you're playing yeah and so that's what I was able to do okay yeah and so and now that happened when you're really little right I mean so you were having those struggles since since birth is that right or is it slightly after yeah they uh When I was born, they figured out that I had a heart defect and I had my first procedure. It wasn't an open heart surgery, but I had my first procedure when I, I think I was two weeks old. They did what they call, they ballooned my valve, which I'm not sure what that entailed. Someone who with a medical degree could probably explain it way (laughs) better than I could. Yeah, Uh, no, that's fine. Nobody would understand it if you, uh, if you explained it anyway, probably, but balloon creates a picture for us, I think. So, yeah. And, uh, and that was just kind of a, we'll do this for now and see where this goes. And, yeah, it works. and I had a, my first open heart surgery when I was four and a half and they performed what they call the Ross procedure. And that was kind of a, a quick fix kind of thing. That's what they had at the time for a kid who's four and a half years old and who's growing and okay. doing all of that. It, it actually helped for a long time. I was apparently I was a really small kid before that. And then when I had that surgery, apparently I had a ton of energy when I got home and was (laughs) running around everywhere. And, and I, that's when I I really started growing and I'm actually pretty, pretty big guy now. And then it kind of progressed the older I got. And that's when I had to quit contact sports in eighth grade. And finally, when I was 
the summer before my senior year was when they said, we need to fix this soon. So, so you kind of knew it was coming, I guess, is what I hear you saying. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I pretty much always knew that I needed another surgery. It was just a matter of when, and I had a gut feeling it was going to happen before I left high school, but I didn't know that for sure. And, uh, but then the last MRI I had before that, they said, we need to, we need to fix this because it's not life threatening yet, but it's on its way. Yeah. So that's why they went ahead and decided, let's just go ahead and get it over with and do it. Okay. And uh, boy, yeah, I'm sure that was scary at the time to think, okay, this is the moment. So now this first time, was that at St. Jude's then when you were little? And then later it was at the Arkansas uh, Children's Hospital. Is that right? Or do I have that wrong? I, I was never a patient at St. Jude. Okay. Um, what was that? Arkansas Children's Hospital. Okay. And every procedure I've had has been at Arkansas Children's. And I pretty much go to Arkansas Children's uh, once a year for my annual checkup. Okay. So that's really the hospital that has impacted you the most then. But I guess you see the value in helping kids in general. And so St. Jude works for that too. Okay. Well, that, that makes a lot of sense. So so then you go from, from that, from never really being able to do contact sports and having to do sort of low impact stuff to running marathons. And so tell me about that. Like, when did that click in your mind? You're like, I'm going to run a marathon now. <laughs> Well, that actually took took a while. Um, after my second surgery, after I fully recovered, they said, all right, your heart is fine. You can do whatever you want. Hold on. Cool. But after my second surgery, I was, a, I was a couch potato for a couple of months just because it just took a really big toll on my body. And I gained quite a bit of weight during that time and just never really got off of it. I got to college and I'd heard all about the freshman 15 and I kind of was looking at myself. I thought, man, if that happens, that's like borderline point of no return right there. So I thought, man, I need, I need to do something about that. And so that's kind of when I started running, I started running about a mile a day and I progressively just added more mileage. I would do a mile and a half, two miles and eventually got where I was running a 5k pretty much every day until uh, Thanksgiving that year. And by that time I'd lost about 25 pounds. Oh, wow. From August to Thanksgiving, my freshman year. How did that feel? I mean, mentally, of course, we've never talked about this before, so you may not have thought about this at all, but how did it feel to go from having to really restrict yourself physically, athletically to being able to do this run? Like, was there anything that impacted you emotionally or, or mentally just as you kind of crossed over that bridge to this new sort of athletic norm? I guess a lot of times people associate like running with pain and I tell people I'm, I run and they think, what the heck, why are you doing that? Is a bear chasing you? Why are you running? You know, but, but I don't know from someone who wasn't allowed to do that and who couldn't do that if they wanted to, I just kind of realized that like having a heart that worked and having a body that functions is, is really a gift. And so it just got to where every run that I did just was, you know, you, you hear about the runners high and I have experienced that a ton and you just, you get done and you honestly feel like you can conquer the world when you get done with a hard run. That's just kind of what kept me coming back because every run was just kind of a triumph over like, you know, this heart condition doesn't hold me back anymore and I can do whatever I want to. And 
And that's, and that's I, what I, I mean, that's what I would guess, right? I would guess you would just be like, man, I overcame this. I mean, what an amazing feeling that must be to have just really overcome something pretty huge in that way. Mm-hmm. It's such a, such a dramatic way. Like, I'm not just going to overcome this, but now I'm going to do what I wasn't able to do before. I think that's, that's so cool. So it's cool enough just to run like, okay, it's like in your face, old disease I used to have or whatever. But what does it feel like to, to be able to now do this and benefit these hospitals? You know, the, the Arkansas Children's Hospital, St. Jude's, what is it like to now take that thing, this new talent hobby that you have uh, more than a hobby maybe and benefit others? How's that feel? What's that like? It's pretty neat. It's, I first decided to be a, a St. Jude hero when uh, I actually ran the half marathon at the St. Jude Memphis Marathon weekend. I believe that was 2018, uh, December 2018. And I did it and I'd heard about this stuff like St. Jude Heroes. I really didn't know what it was. And I got there and there are literally thousands of people there wearing, you know, the St. Jude Hero stuff. And, and I figured out they all, they raised you know, so much, I forget how much money they raised, but it was a astronomical amount. And it was all for that children's hospital. And I kind of, you know, seeing 30,000 people there all running for that cause. And it just, it was just kind of a light bulb moment that day. I was like, maybe I should do that. You know, I should, because I've been in those kids shoes and kids overcoming cancer. I mean, I, I mean, I had it pretty hard, but they I mean, I, I couldn't even imagine going through cancer. That's just something I have no idea how hard it is. And I only imagine. And so I just, I decided this is my way of just kind of giving back to them. And so that's when I decided to do those two marathons as a St. Jude hero. And then I did Little Rock. Someone said, hey, you should run as an ACH angel. And I thought, what's that? And I said, it's what you're doing for St. Jude, except you're doing it for Arkansas Children's. And I thought, sign me up. That's, I'm definitely doing that. That was really neat because. That's cool. You didn't even know it was a thing. And you're like, wait, what? (laughs) I want to do that. Yeah. Someone, I can't remember who told me about it first, but I, I realized that that, that was something I could do. And I thought, man, that, that's amazing. That's actually the place where I've been going since I was a baby, you know? And so that was just a, very, very neat thing. You know, I was just this tiny little thing going in there for heart procedures. And now I'm running a marathon, you know, giving back to that place. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just a really neat thing just to say, like, thank you for what you've done for me and what you continue to do. And hopefully some of the kids in that hospital can see that and say, you can overcome this. At the end of the day, it's kind of that cliche thing of, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. It's very cliche, but it's not. It's something I want to tell those kids, you can surpass this, you can go. And one day you're going to realize like, you are not a victim of this. You can be a victor and go on and do amazing things despite what you're going through now. And that's so cool. That's such a great message. Yeah. You're not, you don't have to be the victim. You could be the victor. And I love that. That's so awesome. 
So there are a lot of people out there all the time, every year, there are people who decide they want to start running and a lot of, I'll say us quit. And uh, some people don't, I say us meaning me, of course, but a lot of people like yourself continue on. But I know that there are, there are better and worse ways to do that. So for people who are like, man, I would love to give to this charity, a specific charity where I could run and raise money for these, this group, this maybe a hospital like you are. How do I start though? Because I can't run. <laughs> so like for somebody who's motivated to do that, how would you, you don't have to get too detailed, but how would you encourage somebody to get started with something like that? Because a marathon's a huge goal, right? So maybe somebody who hasn't even run a, a mile in the last few years, like where, where do you start with that? Well, it's starting with, you got to acknowledge the fact that everybody can run. Like everyone can. And running is one of those unique sports that meets you where you are. You know, not everyone is going to go out and be able to qualify for Boston in their first marathon. And when you go and run these races, you see all kinds of people there. You see people in every single race that I've run, there's always a 70-year-old woman with white hair who blazes past me in the last mile of the race. Yeah. And, and not just past me, just blaze past me. And I'm thinking, you didn't have to destroy my ego like that. Like, kudos to you. but man, you know, I'm, I'm barely making it, you know, and, and so you see all kinds of people and all running different paces. And, you know, there are people that blow me out of the water at these, at these races. I'm at the marathon. If I'm within two hours of the winter, I'm feeling pretty good. Those, cause there are guys who can run under a six minute mile for 26 consecutive miles at the races that I've been running. Wow. It's mind blowing. And, yeah, and, and then there's me all the way back trying to sustain a 10-minute mile, and then there are people trying to sustain a 12-minute mile. And, you know, and you don't always – you don't have to do the full marathon. You can – a half marathon is actually a lot more doable than a lot of people really think. you got to have a goal in mind, and you've, you've got to train consistently to get there. But there's other races, too, at the St. Jude – marathon weekend they have the 5k and the 10k if your goal is you know i'd love to run a 5k you know you can run a 5k and a 5k is a great thing to do especially if you're starting out you know starting out with something a little less daunting or or if you want to do a 10k yeah. you know they, they do those uh before they start those about an hour before the half and full marathon and you can still do that you can run as a hero and and raise the money so part of what you, I think I, what I'm hearing you say is just kind of pick the goal that makes sense for you. So if you haven't been off the couch recently, maybe start with a 5k and, uh, and work your way up. If that's, if it's a good time, if that's enjoyable, kind of, is that what you're saying? Just sort of one step at a time, pick the goal that works for you. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And like I said before, it's a sport that does meet you where you are and just starting with where you are and what feels comfortable for you kind of going towards that goal and then try to be consistent in training for that goal. And you never know, you might accomplish something that you never thought you could. I mean, I've had so many people tell me, I, man, Parker, I can never run a marathon. I said, you know, I said that too. Oh, I, I couldn't even run a half. I said that too. <laughs> Not even a 10K. Again, I said that too. And I think a lot of people are a lot more capable than they really give themselves credit for. It's something that it's impossible until it's not. Yeah. It's something that it doesn't happen overnight. It's something you work towards. And, and so if going out there and 
in running a 5k is something that you feel like is a great goal for you, you can get a training plan together and just kind of work your way up to it yeah. and, and just kind of go from there. What's a way then that somebody could help sponsor these hospitals, these places that are helping people just like yourself, St. Jude's, uh, the Arkansas, is it Arkansas Children's Hospital? Am I saying that right? Yes. Yeah. How can people help these places? Of course, you could always just donate money, but are, are there ways that people can help without running? Absolutely. Of course, with Arkansas Children's Hospital, there are, they have their ACH Angels page and you can, you can go in there and look through all of the people running for the hospital and you can donate to their individual fundraisers. Okay. And then of course you can, you can always go in and, and just donate just as, just straight to the hospital. Owner. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, St. Jude, of course, just has, has all these options to donate. Um, you can, you know, they have that, you know, with a monthly donation, you can get a t-shirt shows that you're a monthly donor. And it's, I believe it says this t-shirt saves lives and has like the St. Jude logo on it. And so there are a lot of different ways that people can kind of give to these hospitals. Yeah. And of course, at all the St. Jude races, it's not uncommon that you'll come across somebody who's running as a St. Jude hero at just kind of the rock and roll marathon series or at the St. Jude Memphis Marathon. And so if you see somebody who is running for that cause, uh, give, them a, give them a small donation just because fundraising is extremely hard and yeah, it goes to a great cause and it'll give them a pretty big morality boost because it is really hard. And sometimes it's kind of slow going, but yeah. Yeah. I love that. And that's, that's one of the things I love about just volunteering in general or uh, giving, giving to these charities is the sort of the team mentality that comes with that. Right. And so if you're not running, just being that motivate, like you're talking about just now, like being that motivation for the person that is, or helping out with some fundraising, uh, with some donations, and we can all be a part of that team, even if we're not the people that are running the full marathon or, or whatever it might be. I know a lot of different people from different backgrounds are listening to this and um, I'm hopeful that um, people that are looking for a charity to support can feel motivated to help these kids and who are struggling in so many different ways and these families who are struggling. And I just, I appreciate you sharing your story with us and uh, being a motivation for so many people. Thanks for being a motivation to us today, Parker. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts and join the conversation on social media at Risky Givers. Also check out our website, riskygivers.com. This has been the Entrepreneur Risk Givers Podcast with your host, Mike Wiest. Hope to see you next time.